invite you to go with me, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 27 in the Word of God. And as you're turning there, I want to just mention that uh, some have uh, asked me about Brother TJ, who had to come home from college, and uh, uh, we uh, interact with TJ as often as we can, and he uh, reached out to us this week to let us know that uh, the Lord blessed him with the job. And so that's an answer to prayer. And uh, we thank the Lord for uh, TJ. He's continuing his studies to be able to serve the Lord with his life uh, by online study right now. And uh, continue to keep him in your prayers, if you would. And uh, praise the Lord, he's working at Wingstop. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've already got the uh, GPS all, all mapped out. And uh, I, I know that uh, I'll smell it before I get there. And uh, thank the Lord that uh, it's just one more place that I can get some fried chicken. And uh, anyhow, uh, I'm, I'm just only half teasing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, folks, listen, sometimes there's a little stress surrounding all the coronavirus atmosphere. Have you noticed that? How many of you, are, you, you notice that, that, that maybe uh, it's a little stressful? I went to the store the other day, and I'm telling you, uh, a guy was getting ready, you know, I was there checking my groceries out. A guy was putting his things on the, on, the, uh, on the belt there, and the cashier said, Sir, step back. And uh, only one order on the belt at a time. And it was just like, whoa. And everybody was like making sure they're standing on their line uh, for social spacing. And everybody's just quiet and wondering, Matt, the guy puts another uh, you know, can of soda on the belt. Are they going to haul him away? What's the deal here? You know, And everybody's just kind of uptight. Uh, I noticed that our, uh, our homeowners association, they put caution tape around all the playground equipment at the park and around the basketball goals and everything. And uh, yeah, it lasted about a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the kids tore it all down. And uh, there, there's nobody over there hauling them off. And, and uh, you know, every once in a while, you just have to laugh, don't you? And uh, I, I tell you what, there are some, uh, some things that uh, will get you uptight. But uh, the Bible says that... Uh, uh, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So uh, sometimes uh, laughter is, is, is like a good medicine. You know, uh, we uh, have been trying to practice a little social distancing at home, except my wife was getting a little annoyed with me because I was trying to do celebrity impersonations, you know, and uh, she, she really hated my impersonation of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, so she made me go out of the house. But don't worry, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> All right, I won't quit my day job. Okay. <laughs> but uh, every once in a while, you know, you just have to laugh and smile or you're just going to crack, you know, and or crack up is better than cracking, I guess. But uh, uh, anyhow, I just, uh, you know, I've been a little uptight, you know, being at home and in the office too as well. And and uh, I'm I'm just, you know, trying to make sure that everything is just right. And I, and I, and I was so full of anxiety and, and dealing with a lot of things. I, I went to see a counselor and, and uh, the counselor said, uh, you know, I think the problem is that you have a, a, a compulsive uh, disorder. You're, what do they call it? I'm OCD. And I mean, I was so shocked to hear that, I had to call the guy back nine times to verify the diagnosis. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Psalm 27. <laughs> My children are laughing at me. And uh, so that's a good sign. They, they do that quite often, though, <laughs> for, for cause. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I, I'd like to share with you uh, a message that's very important from the Word of God. And uh, I, I, I believe that this should be one of the places in the Bible that perhaps uh, you print out and you frame and you put somewhere, uh, maybe on your desk or put it on the refrigerator, uh, wherever you're going to look at the most. For some of you, it would be on the mirror. And uh, it would it, get viewed a lot if you put it right there. Uh, for some of you, it might be on the dashboard of the car. Others, it would be the fridge. All right, and uh, I don't know if you've gained your COVID-19 yet, 
but I'm there, all right? So uh, I'm all good with it. I'm done now. And, uh, but this is one of those places in the Bible that I think uh, will uh, give you some encouragement. And uh, I want us to look and read together this entire chapter, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me. Then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Father God, today please open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see the profound truth and the, the help and the hope, the comfort, yea, the strength that it can provide us. Lord, if there's someone that is watching or listening to this service right now and they do not have the hope of heaven, I pray, Lord, that before this broadcast is over, that they will have trusted Thee as their only Savior from sin and hell. Lord, we pray that through it all You might receive the glory and the honor, for we ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. As I have studied this psalm, I uh, am impressed with the fact that it is called the Psalm of David, and though it is titled a Psalm of David, <clears throat> there's really no specific indication given concerning when or what occasion this writing. And so, it forces us to go into the Word of God to find a timeline that would correspond with the things that David was asking of the Lord. And if you study the time where David was forced to flee from Saul, and all that transpired in his life at that time, those events seem to correspond with what is taking place here and what is being written in this particular psalm. It was a written, perhaps, and most likely at the time when David was hiding for his very life, when he was separated from family and friends, and when there were lies being told about him in order for folks to want to pursue his very life, Though he was a man after God's own heart, and though he was the anointed of God to become king in all of Israel, and yet there were those that were saying evil things against him falsely, to the extent that literally people were taking up arms with their king who had evil intent within his heart, and was being driven about by an evil spirit. And thus we find a context for what we read today. I'll tell you what, I, 
I could say that as stressful as this season of time perhaps has been for many, I'm sure others uh, outside of our household could give uh, stories of, of great difficulty and times of, of woe and, and sorrow, but I, I'm sure that what David experienced when he was fleeing from Saul was on a scale exponentially worse than anything that we have ever experienced. I'm sure that it is far worse than whatever it is that we're dealing with now. And I believe that sometimes when we get in the midst of situations, what we do is we become filled with anxiety and insecurity within our hearts. We, uh, we, we perhaps worry about what's going to happen or am I still going to have a job at the end of this? And what I want to tell you is this, that before the coronavirus came to our shores, and before people started dying with this coronavirus, did you have problems? You say, well, sure, I've, you know, I've had plenty to spare. <laughs> All right, did you have anxieties and worries about the future? You say, yes. But this has only exacerbated them, Pastor. This has only made those things worse. But listen, you can look to times in your life that were far worse than this, can't you? You can identify times where uh, you were perhaps at a lower ebb, you were more stressed. As difficult as your life may be, I believe that there are some that would say, well, sure I can. And listen, if God led you through that, then listen, He's going to have no trouble getting you through this. In fact, God doesn't even really have to break sweat, so to speak, to get us out of this When I believe that He's led us into this season. Uh, for a purpose, and I believe that that greater purpose is not just to purge or to, to, to call people home as much as it is to call people to Him. To call us to, to turn our faces back to the One that loves us. But you know the truth is we spend so much of our time worrying about our circumstances. Uh, my, my son-in-law Chase on Friday I graduated from uh, the academy for the Department of Corrections and and, and, you know, they weren't able to have a, a ceremony uh, with all of the family present. Many of you perhaps saw a little bit on the news about the Air Force Academy graduation and how that uh, they had to practice social distancing and no family was allowed. And, and I know that that's a disappointment and people are worried about what's going to happen with my graduation? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with my school year? Uh, I, I know that there are many kids that are wondering what grade am I going to be in when we start school? and am I going to have to go back over and redo assignments? All these things, and there's anxiety that tends to fill our days. And you know, God wants us, instead of worrying and wasting our hours about hypothetical things, to live in the moment and redeem the time for Jesus' sake, even in the times of distress. And i got to tell you, I'm just like you. I have... Uh, feelings and emotions. I have concerns. I, I, I'm concerned about the folks of our church and concerned about uh, whether or not uh, they're safe and how's their health and, and uh, that they know that we love them and we're here for them. And, and when this is all passed, uh, how many folks will still continue to feel the need to assemble together? And those are all thoughts that we wrestle with. And, and there are a lot of organizations bombarding our offices and our inboxes with uh, webinar information about how to reformulate and redo church when this is all over. And, and the reality is this, my friends, that despite the fact that we may still have a bigger online uh, uh, platform with which to share the gospel, I believe God's plan is still for us to get together. It's for us to assemble. In fact, the word church means fundamentally an assembly. And I believe that, of course, the church of the living God is a called out assembly of true believers in Jesus Christ, but God calls us to assemble, to get together, and then not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And of course, we want to do that responsibly, but, but you know, the, the thoughts are there. What, what's it going to look like? How many folks are actually going to sense the need or be willing to take the step in faith and, and be courageous in their faith? And I think that all of the concerns that we could perhaps name were wrapped up in Psalm 27 in the heart of David as he wrote about a season of time where he was hiding for his very life. He wondered if he would live to see another day at times and didn't know who he could trust. And there were 
Uh, people like Doeg, the Edomite, that told stories on David and people that lied about him and, and tried to help Saul seek him out as he fled for his life. And yet what we discover is that the Lord strengthened his heart. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Now, my friends, understand this. That the Lord is not there to be our big helper. The Lord is there to play the role of God, to be God in our life, not to be your one to, the one to give you a little boost when you need a little boost. Um, I think that uh, sometimes we almost get this idea that we can handle most of what comes our way, but for the tough stuff, we need the Lord just to give us a little boost. You know, the Bible records in John chapter 15 that for without me, Jesus said, ye can do Nothing. And we need to be mindful of the fact that it's not the Lord that just gives us a little strength when we're sort of tired. No, the Lord is our strength. And today I want to bring you this message, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. He's not just the one that gives me a little strength. He is the source of all strength. He is my strength. Apart from God, I have no strength. The arm of the flesh will fail me. The words of Jesus spoken in Gethsemane still ring in our ears after having come through the season of the passion of Jesus Christ where that Jesus came to the disciples and He said to them, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. For truly the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so, understand that the arm of the flesh will always fail you, but God will never fail. He is our strength, the strength of our life. And so, understand that the Lord will strengthen us at times, not just our flesh, but our whole being. He will give us everything that we lack, that we don't have, and that we would never have apart from Him. And that's really what we call grace. Grace imputed to us at salvation declares us to be the very righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. But God imparts grace to us, common graces, uh, and, and what we understand is that uh, He bestows uh, sunshine after rain to help things grow. He gives uh, blessings and different things, but what we find is He imparts goodness to us, and, and He bestows grace upon us, and really, fundamentally, is that God give, that is God giving us that which we do not have, and that we would never have if He did not provide it. And I believe that God gives grace for every day, and that even as He told Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my grace is sufficient for thee. And sometimes the grace is manifested into our lives in the form of the strength of our life, giving us the means with which to carry on. And so, I want you to see this, that the Lord will strengthen our hearts and He will give us strength for our life, first of all, when we're afraid. When we're afraid. Now, I don't know if you've had a whole country of people pursuing you and wanting you dead. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, had a king, uh, a, a monarch, the ruler of your country, declare war on you. Uh, but that's precisely where he was and how he found himself. And so... Uh, he said in verse 2, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. When we're in a time of trouble and we're afraid, we're reminded that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And when we feel like we have nothing with which to carry on, we know that God will bestow grace for every day. The Bible says, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow should take thought for itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. So I cannot have anxious care and worries about tomorrow. God will give me everything that I need for today. He's not going to give me what I need to carry yesterday's burdens, today's burdens, and tomorrow's burdens. He'll give me the strength 
that I need for today. And He wants us to leave all of our tomorrows in His worthy hands. He, listen, uh, my daughter has a, a plaque on uh, her uh, a bookshelf in her room and it says, Don't worry about tomorrow, God is already there. And the truth of the matter is this, that when we are afraid, we, not be, we need not be overcome and, gri- overcome and gripped with that fear. The Lord who will be the strength of our life when we have no strength will strengthen your heart. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. That comes when we understand where our strength rests. Folks, if my strength is in the power and the energy of my flesh, I have a reason to be afraid. Because I know that's an exhaustible commodity. Alright? And it's something that in the end isn't going to serve me well. But the strength of the Lord, Almighty God, is in an inexhaustible supply and it is always available to us. And so, while I recognize the fact that without Him I can do nothing, I, I also recognize the reality that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When I'm afraid because people have risen up against me. And, and he said, when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they can p- be pretty vicious. I, imagine the, the visual image that he's giving of people that are ravenous. I can remember years ago, uh, the big controversy surrounding a boxing match with Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson. And back in those days, Mike Tyson was uh, really a, a, a fearsome and a vicious man in the ring, and uh, everybody was afraid to go in the ring, but Evander Holyfield was holding his own, and they got in a clinch in the, in the fighting ring, and, uh, and Evander Holyfield, his head was kind of tilted sideways against Mike Tyson's chest. Mike Tyson uh, bent over and, and bit a chunk out of Evander Holyfield's ear. He was a vicious Uh, And a predatorial fighter in the ring, nobody wanted to go up against him. And you know what, every once in a while you might feel like that you have something that wants to consume you. It it literally wants to devour you. And there are people that will become vicious in the way that they treat you, and it will alarm you, and it will frighten you. But understand that you need not be afraid if the Lord is your shield and your buckler, your strong tower, your defender. The Lord is the strength of your life, and the Lord will strengthen your heart and give you courage when you're afraid. Secondly, we read in the Bible in verse number 3, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He talks about a time when he was being attacked. He said, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, the Lord will give confidence. The Lord will give comfort. Yea, the Lord will give courage. When I'm attacked, when I'm attacked, the Lord will provide communion when I need someone to confide in. He'll be there. He'll be there. Maybe you've found yourself in these last weeks uh, feeling a little bit alone, a little disenfranchised. Maybe uh, your uh, thing was to go to work and interact with your coworkers and to have that that constant interaction and that's something that you fed off and gave you energy and strength and helped you get out of bed in the morning because you like to go down and see them or maybe it was you couldn't wait to get up and go to church uh, a few times a week and interact with your family at church and friends there and and not being able to do so uh, you feel a little downcast and a little downhearted and now it, it, you're alone with your thoughts and maybe you you're especially aware of those that have set themselves in array against you. They just perhaps do not even like you. 
And uh, maybe you know it, and maybe in the quietness of these moments and in the stillness of this time, you've, you've been attacked, and, 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 and all of us know what that feels like in our lives, and all of us have been in a place like that. And, and it's at those times that he said, In this will I be confident, that one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, not to get vengeance, not to brush up on my skills of battle so that I can whip out a can of Muay Thai and anybody that comes up against me. And that's kind of how, how we want to respond in the flesh. But, but folks, that's not going to be what avails us. He said, what will I be confident in? I'm going to seek after dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple that what I'm going to do is I'm going to take comfort in knowing that no matter how this all turns, I have a home eternally secure with God in heaven and that I can inquire of Him at any time. I can have communion with God even in the moments when others may not have kind things to say and no words of encouragement. It's at those moments of time that the Lord will strengthen my heart. As we read on, we not only discover that the Lord will strengthen me when we are afraid, and the Lord will strengthen us when we are attacked, but in verse 5 we read, For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. You see, he began this section by saying, for in the time of trouble, the Lord will strengthen you and be the strength of your life when you are afflicted. When you are afflicted in the time of trouble, He will protect you and give you a place of refuge. The Bible declares that He will hide us in His pavilion. As David wrote this, he was well aware of... Uh, military strategy and armaments and, and, uh, and fortresses. And he knew that the pavilion in a time of battle is where the commander would be. In the midst of the troops, surrounded by the troops, in a perhaps turret or a battlement that he could see and observe, and it was the safest place in the encampment, in the pavilion, in the time of war. And so, I can come to the Lord and He will secure me in His pavilion. And you know the Bible tells us here that um, in the secret place of His tabernacle shall He hide me. When I think about that, I think about the fact that the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter number 3 that ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So, I'm dead to self and... My life is hidden with Christ in God. Folks, i got to tell you something. It does not get any more secure than that. It does not get any more secure than that. Now, folks, you may say, you, you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm having a really hard time. I, I, I can imagine. Though I don't know your situation, I'm sure that you are. I know uh, Becky uh, came to see me this week and she was saddened upon a learning that some of the children that she normally brings to church on the Sunday school bus were put into the care of the Department of Children's Protective Services or Child Protective Services uh, because the parents were taken into custody. Now folks, I, I'm going to say this to you. I'm sure on that day they were not thinking about the coronavirus. I'm sure on that day this week, when they watched their father being put into a squad car, and their mother was who knows where on drugs, I'm sure they weren't thinking about who's going to pay the bills. I'm 
sure they weren't worried about when's this virus going to be over and I can go back to school. In fact, they were in a time of trouble. Their spirits were afflicted. I'll tell you this, that they probably would have traded places with your problems without ever thinking twice about it had they had that opportunity. But no matter the trial or the tribulation that we're facing, we know that God is there. And in the time of trouble, He will hide us. He will then set us upon a rock, which talks about the fact that God is stable and trustworthy. He's unchanging. He's the eternal God. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. You don't have to worry about God. He'll always be the same. You can count upon Him. You can rest upon Him. And when we rest upon Him and He takes us into His pavilion in the time of our affliction, then our head, it says, will be lifted up above our enemies. What, what that means is we'll have a vantage point and a perspective upon all that is going on in our lives. And if you don't have perspective on your problems, and if you feel overwhelmed by them, then maybe we need to go into the secret place of His tabernacle and inquire of Him. And maybe what we need to do is hide out with Him a little bit in the, the pavilion as the war is raging all about. And when we do, God will lift our head up above our enemies so that we can clearly see that He's in control and that with God, all things are possible. He'll give us that perspective. You know, the Lord will strengthen our hearts when we are afraid and when we are attacked and when we are afflicted, when we're having problems. And He'll bring joy back to our hearts even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of problems. You see, the Bible says, Therefore will I offer his, in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. As I was reading in the Scriptures this week, I was reading about David's mighty men. And once again, I, I read about when David uh, brought the tabernacle, or, the tabernacle, or, or rather the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And how that... David commanded a choir to be formed and, and musicians to play and singing and declared a feast and gave a bread and meat and wine to all of the, uh, the people in Israel and they celebrated and uh, they, uh, they just had a big time. But as I began to see who he charged to sing and to play instruments in this huge musical gala surrounding one of the greatest events in the history of their nation at that moment in time, it was curious to me that he named Benaiah to play the Psalter on Alamoth. Now, as I studied that some weeks ago, I, I discovered that when it talks about on Alamoth, it talks about being able to be especially skillful to sing in certain octaves and ranges or to play in certain octaves and ranges that would render the most beautiful and melodious sounds. And he said, this is what I want Benaiah to do in the orchestra. I want him to praise the Lord with the Psalter on Alamoth. And you know, you would look at that and you would probably have a mental image that here's Benaiah, one of David's musicians in the kingdom, and, uh, and, and maybe he's not all that masculine. Or You know, we might have images of, of, of someone who's maybe playing an instrument. But let me tell you something. Benaiah was one of David's mighty warriors. In fact, he has been often termed as David's assassin. He was one who when Shimei threw rocks at the king and called him a bloody man, uh, that uh, Benaiah and, and others, Abishai and Joab, wanted to kill Shimei. But, but David wouldn't let them do it. But it was after David died, guess who killed Shimei? 
yeah, the guy that played the Psalter in the orchestra on Alamoth and gave joy unto the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You might be a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God, but you know there are going to be times when your heart is troubled and afflicted. And you'll recognize as cunning and as skillful as you may have been on the field of battle that you're not up to what's in front of you. And all you can do is flee into the pavilion. Flee into the secret place of His tabernacle and inquire of Him. And when you do, God will bring the song back into your heart. He'll give you the means once again to express joy and to do so with song. Songs of praise even in the midst of affliction. Let me say, in verse 9, the Bible says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. My friends, That's one of the most dire verses in all of the Bible. And what it reveals is this, that the Lord will be the strength of your life when you feel abandoned. When you feel abandoned. You know, as we deal with young people, and as we deal with those who have grown up in homes where Maybe they didn't know one of their parents. Maybe it was a single parent home. One of the latent fears that grips the heart of many people is the fear of abandonment. Of winding up alone. And David understood that. He cried out to the Lord because he knew the Lord was listening. He sought the Lord's face. And when he said... When my father and my mother take me up then, or forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And we don't know that they, in fact, forsook him, but we know that this was a period of time where they had to be in a very precarious situation. He was fleeing for his life from Saul. And I'm sure that Saul was monitoring the house of Jesse. They were in a difficult place. They couldn't give comfort and aid to their son. He felt abandoned. As you consider this, if if the milk of kindness dries up in the bosom of mother and father, who is there that's left? My friend, God is still there. God is still there. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? I know that you, like me, have through the years seen news magazines on television like 60 Minutes or 48 Hours, and maybe uh, they've done a special on someone who committed uh, terrible crimes and was maybe on death row, and sometimes they would interview family members and inevitably when they do they interview the the criminal's mother and what does the mom always say he was such a good boy i can't imagine that he did any of this you know it seems like the wellspring of kindness in mama's heart never runs runs dry but you know what it may It could. God forbid that it would, but if it did, what's left? God is always there. Then the Lord will take me up. When I'm alone and abandoned, I am reminded of His constancy and His care. Hide not thy face far from me. Hide not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The Lord is in the business 
of reclaiming lives that have been abandoned, lives that have been cast aside by this world and families, lives that have been disenfranchised and estranged and alienated, then the Lord will take you up. He will claim you when no one wants to know your name. I know what that's like. I, I've been in times where, where, where it seemed like anyone that wanted to know me had an evil agenda. That all the people that I once counted as friends, it seemed like lost my number all at the same time. But the Lord never left. The Lord never abandoned me. The Lord never turned His face away from me. In times like that, you discover that the Lord is the strength of your life. So the Lord will strengthen my life when I am afraid and when I'm attacked, when I am afflicted, and when I'm abandoned. And some of you know about this. Verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. When will He strengthen your heart? Lastly, when you are accused. When I'm accused. The Lord will, for His own sake, lead us in the plain path of righteousness, and He will comfort us when there are those that rail against us. When those that make accusations. Sometimes um, I'll talk to my, my children and they'll be upset because someone said or did something about them that may or may not have been true. May have tried to insinuate or suggest things that were not so about their character. And it's especially grievous when things are being said. And yet, I think we need to understand where that all comes from. People who spend their days issuing accusations. They become accusers. That's what uh, someone, an accuser does is make accusations. Where does that come from? Where do we find that in the character and in the nature of God making accusations against people? You don't find it. What you do discover is, however, that in the book of Revelation, that the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. Remember this, that Satan and his ilk are accusers. But Jesus and His ilk are forgivers. Satan and His ilk are accusers. But Jesus and His ilk are forgivers. Just know that David was being accused of those things that he did not do in order to lead an army of people to want to take his life. And he placed his heart and his life in the hand of the only one that could strengthen him in a moment like that, even when he was made of no reputation, when he was being maligned and lies were being told on him, he had to commit himself entirely to the only one that could provide comfort and to the one who absolutely knew the truth and loved him anyway. The Lord will be the one to grant us the patience to continue on as we see his goodness revealed in our lives. And even in something that we see as absolutely evil, we know that what Satan intends for evil, God means it for our ultimate good and for His own 
glory and if I must suffer accusation to come to understand what it meant about Jesus when He made Himself of no reputation for me to be more like Him, then may the Lord strengthen my heart as I face that when I am accused. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. There are many people who have used the time that they've had at home to organize the garage, to get the yard in order, to service the car. Still, there are others who have taken the time to internalize their problems. To think about those things that are worrisome to them on a more intimate level. Every police chief and sheriff in this country would tell you that there has been an increase in the number of domestic violence cases. So not everyone that's staying at home is redeeming time with family. There are some people that are internalizing problems and then turning on the ones that they should be loving. How have you chosen to spend whatever extra time you may have had, if you had any? Has it been in worry about all the what-ifs or the what-is in your situation and wondering how am I going to get through all this? Or have you come to the place where you have failed of confidence in you? And you've thrown yourself at the mercies of God and you've recognized, I'm not sufficient for these things. I need God to provide for me that which I will never have if He doesn't give it. And so I'm determined to wait on the one that loves me. The wait, to wait on the one that knows everything about me and chooses to love me anyway. It's my prayer that you will choose to make Him the strength of your life. Father God, we thank You for the Word and how that it teaches encourages and strengthens our heart. Lord, provide courage to those that are faint of heart today. And Lord, perhaps there's someone who is faint of heart and afraid because they just are not certain where they would spend forever. And I pray, Lord, that today they would know that You have come that they might have life that eternal life, that abundant life with Him in heaven. Lord, I pray that You would use this message to encourage us, we ask. Our heads are bowed in this room and our hearts are bowed before God. Perhaps today you're facing your fears. There are those that have come up against you circumstances of your life they're weighing and bringing you down perhaps you felt abandoned by those that you counted on maybe you're facing accusation you have more time to focus on it now because you're home with social media you know God is there for you he will be the strength of your heart the strength of your life Turn to Him. Flee to His pavilion. Come into His tabernacle. Lean upon Him. He'll restore the joy. And though you be a warrior in the army of God, He'll place a song in your heart. And then maybe today 
You say, Pastor Mark, I don't even know that if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. My friend, if you understand that you're a sinner, and you were born that way, you can't change that fact. As good as you try to be, you can never change it. That sin has separated you from a holy God. And as a result and consequence of your sin, you deserve to suffer the consequences of sin in a place of suffering called hell. But you realize that Jesus loves you so much that He doesn't want you to suffer that end. So He came to this earth and He lived a perfect, sinless life. He went to the cross of Calvary and there He shed His blood and died to pay the price in full for your sin and mine. And through the forgiveness of sin obtained at Calvary, He offers us a home in heaven as a gift. If we would simply believe that there is no other way, for Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, whosoever, that means anyone, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Do you believe that you deserve to go to hell because of your sin? But know that Jesus loved you so much that He died to take the punishment for your sin in your place. And He now offers forgiveness in heaven to you. If you would simply believe in Him alone, then He said, you shall be saved. And that is a promise from a God that cannot lie. My friend, if you have never personally placed your faith and trust in Jesus, for your eternal salvation. Why don't you right there, right now, just lift your heart in prayer to the Lord and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner, that I cannot save myself. I now invite Jesus into my heart and into my life to forgive all of my sin and to save me so that I may spend forever in heaven with Him. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Strengthen me to live for Thee. For this I pray in Your worthy name, Jesus. Amen. I believe based upon the truth of the Word of God that if you believed that Gospel and today you came to Jesus for forgiveness and are trusting Him for your eternal salvation, that the Bible says that you're now saved, you have eternal life and the hope of heaven. If you did that today, I want to encourage you to, to write us or call us or send us an email or message us on Facebook. Let us know that you've made that decision. It be our joy to send you a Bible and some information to tell you about what the Lord has done for you. And we rejoice by faith in the decision that you have made. And may God richly bless you for it. Let